Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing Podcast. This audio was originally recorded as a video, which you can watch on YouTube at Divine Truth Sharing. God bless. Hello, dear one. I'm delighted to be here with you today to answer the question you asked, what about suicide? This is one of the most important topics we could possibly address. It's certainly the most somber. I hope and pray that as you watch this video, your soul may be opened to receive God's precious, deep, and enduring love. You might be surprised to realize that there are at least four different types of suicide. The most well understood is the intentional suicide. And this is when a soul has reached a point where they are in such despair that they feel there's no way out. And the only thing that they can do is to end their own lives. And that's the intentional suicide. There are two other suicides that are far more common. And the first one, you'll probably have an inkling, especially if you've lost a loved one to this form. And that's the reckless living suicide. Now, this is not an intentional suicide, but it is a disregard for the value of life. And these kinds of suicides include things like high-speed car crashes, unintentional overdoses, drunk driving deaths, and just abusing the body with so much pressure and tension, especially with regard to substance abuse, that the body simply cannot endure and gives out early. The third type of suicide is even more common, and this one you may not realize is actually suicide. And that's the slow death through the constant ignoring of the signals that your body is sending to help you understand how to live and be in the world. These kinds of suicides include people who never get enough sleep. Please relax if you suffer from sleep disorders. I'm not talking about that. Although it would be a good idea to tune into the body and see if one can discover what the body needs in order to rest. But I'm talking about people who just push and push and push themselves. We call it burning the candle at both ends, where they just simply drive themselves to death not enough rest, or they don't take good care of their bodies, don't give it proper nutrition, don't get enough exercise. 
smoke cigarettes, smoke cigars, engage in these kinds of behaviors that are really a long, slow, drawn-out form of suicide. And they really indicate on an underlying level a lack of self-love, self-worth, and value for the life that we have been given. Also falling into this category can be other forms of self-abuse, such as extreme overeating. These are slow forms of suicide. Now that does not mean that if you are engaging these behaviors, you're going to hell. So please, let's just take that off the table right now. This is a little bit of a complex issue. But I call that third kind of suicide the careless suicide. It's not that you really don't care, but it's that your actions are indicating a carelessness toward your body. The fourth kind is an assisted suicide that generally occurs near what would be the natural death of the body. But for varying reasons, some people choose to end their lives early. This is also a form of suicide, and it's very serious. All four forms of suicide are out of harmony with God's love, even the assisted suicide. And I'll go into a little bit more detail in that shortly. But know this, God has given us life and we're meant to appreciate that, explore and play with that, and not take it. Now I'm going to share a story of someone else's testimony that I saw actually on YouTube that was tremendously powerful. This was a young woman in her early 30s who had become despairing of her life. She had lost her job, she had lost her home, she was living out of her car, and she had her belongings stored in a storage unit and she just didn't see any hope for her life. So she intended to take it. And she had no money, so she had actually stolen some kind of over-the-counter medication. And she went into her car and she took the whole bottle. So she was really gonna do herself in. And just as she feels her body beginning to shut down, her soul comes up and gives her the presence to ask a very important question. God, will I go to heaven or will I go to hell? The response she got was so indicative of God, so pure, so perfect, so direct. And he said, I gave you life. If you take it, you depart from me. That simple. He didn't say, if you take it, I turn my back on you. He said, I gave you life. If you take it, you depart from me. God is life. God is love. If we take life, we depart from life 
we depart from God. And that means that our experience is going to be what it is like to exist without God. And that's the very definition of hell right there. So when she received this answer by God's grace, she immediately used her cell phone to dial 911 and she got herself rescued. And it was a beautiful testimony that she gave. She was so grateful that she had been saved, that her soul had had that presence to ask that very important question. And you saw that God answered clearly, succinctly, immediately, and in time. I love that story. Thanks be to God. And praise God for these amazing technologies that allow us to share these really important messages with each other. You may be aware of the Golden Gate Bridge over the San Francisco Bay in California. And many people have ended their lives by jumping from that bridge. But you might be surprised to learn that there are a number of jumper survivors and they have stories to tell. And here it is, the truth of those survivors. To a person, the moment, the very split instant that they let go of their lives to fall, to jump, they regretted it. In the same instant, they regretted it to a person. My mother used to say suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. It's never a good idea. Now, if you've ever watched the psychic medium John Edward, you might be surprised by how many of the souls that come through to address their loved ones admit that they had some hand or another in their crossing over. Now, not all of those are intentional suicides. Some of them fall into that reckless category. In fact, probably most of them. And while they're allowed by the grace of God to continue their life experiences on the other side and to grow and to develop, they do regret that they shortened their opportunities to learn and grow and experience and live and love and especially be there for others here on planet Earth. They regret the early demise of their mortal body. The most surprising, of course, would be the careless or slow death, as I've said, and those have all different kinds of consequences based on the pressures and stressors, but primarily based on the soul condition of that person. But just know this, that if we are engaging in behaviors that are not caretaking behaviors, on some level, we are in need of a greater portion of God's love. But this is not to scare anybody or make anyone feel guilty or cause anyone to drown in feelings of regret. No, all of those are heavy and will pull you down. And that's not the intention of God and his love ever. This earth experience is a playground where we really and truly are safe exploring in almost unfettered 
free will. So please let us take a page out of God's plan book and don't look back. God doesn't ever allow us to go back. We're only allowed to go forward. So please, if you're having a personal epiphany at this moment about some surprising news about maybe you're on the slow suicide track, don't look back for half a second. Don't blame yourself. Don't judge yourself. Don't feel bad about it. In fact, have a lightness of being and say thanks and praise to God that he's given you this opportunity to live on earth with your training wheels on where you can make those kinds of mistakes. And it's okay because you have an eternity from which to recover. But let's just go forward from this point and improve now. And we don't do it alone. We pray for God's love. We receive that love. The lightness of being begins to flow in along with God's love and mercy and compassion and grace and peace. And these activities that were not in harmony just begin to fall away very gently but very surely. So please let's know that's the mode that we want to go forward with. So let's talk a little bit about the concept of assisted suicide. Now I feel very strongly about this topic. I do understand that it's controversial and of course we have free will. But if you've watched my previous videos, you'll know that my personal philosophy is I'd rather know a hard truth and act on it than go blithely along thinking that all is well when really there are some consequences I'm not <laughs> prepared to accept. I would rather know and work with the truth than have blinders on and have regrets later. So here's the concept of assisted suicide. Apparently, you're near the end of life. Systems are shutting down. You don't want to deal with maybe medical bills or a long drawn out hospital stay. Or maybe you've convinced yourself that you don't want to put your loved ones through it. Or maybe you just don't feel like going through pain. There can be countless reasons why a soul would choose to cut their life short if they feel it's going to end anyway and there's nothing they can do about that. And they're logical and they're very likely completely reasonable. So I'm not looking at it from a perspective of judgment. And remember, God loves us unconditionally and doesn't judge us and doesn't punish us. It is we ourselves who when we drop our mortal bodies and cross into the world of spirit, find ourselves in a place of habitation in alignment with our soul condition, and then we may come to understand a broader context and a broader realization of the consequences and interconnectedness with the rest of life of the choices that we make. And if we've made an inharmonious choice, then we will come to regret it. Taking life is an inharmonious choice. 
even if we're near the end of life. No, I'm going to change that. Especially if we're near the end of life. That is our last opportunity to really fully experience and embody this one place of habitation where the wheat and the tares are permitted to grow together, where we are learning with those training wheels on. We do not want to cut it short. Many, many people find themselves coming to God in a much deeper way at the end of life and also realize that's a rich opportunity for blessings of God's love to flow to you as well as flowing through you into the lives of your loved ones, your caregivers, and all who will witness your passing. We are here to live and learn and progress. And end-of-life circumstances hold a treasure trove of opportunities to grow and develop all the way to the point of death. Now, I want to be clear that I am talking about intentional assisted suicide, which means that you are looking to have a doctor or a caregiver or a loved one take an action that will definitively and rapidly end your mortal life. There are other options available at the end of life that I do not put into the category of suicide. If we in our mortal bodies are deathly ill and we no longer feel like consuming food or beverages, that is us tuning in to our body's natural signals with our body saying, I am no longer thirsting. I am no longer hungry. If the body is sending a signal that it is no longer thirsting and no longer hungry, and we choose not to drink or eat, we are following the natural rhythms and cycles of our body. And if we say, no, therefore, I don't want the intravenous feeding tube because my body is telling me it's no longer thirsty, it's no longer hungry, that's completely different. That is the soul saying, I'm honoring my body's signals and I'm turning away from the human concept of what it means to caretake a mortal body at the end of life. That's different. And again, I'm not making a judgment if you do want to take the intravenous fluid. That's fine. Perfectly fine. I'm saying those kinds of choices are harmonious, not saying, oh, I'm going to immediately end the life. Also, if we have responsibility for caretaking for another soul who no longer has the ability to make decisions for themselves, then again, as long as we are making these choices carefully and prayerfully, I believe they are harmonious. 
So we might choose, for example, to take a body off of what we call life support, which is really a human intervention that may or may not be in harmony. We don't know. We have to prayerfully ask. And that's a terribly difficult choice to make. I wouldn't want to be in the shoes of anyone trying to make it. And I believe that God would honor the genuine soul-searching prayerful choices of the person who is trying to make that decision. But again, taking a body off life support is completely different from actively engaging to end the life of that body. Not the same. One is harmonious, one is inharmonious. And there are various permutations of this concept between are we receiving medical care because we want to or as a caregiver we feel it's important to do everything we can for this body. It's fine if you choose to take chemotherapy for treatment of cancer, for example, or if you choose not to because that's a medical intervention that doesn't feel harmonious. To me, that's completely different. That's saying I would rather pray and allow my natural body to do what it's going to do, whether that means it passes or it recovers, but I choose not to take this modern medical intervention, or I choose to take it either way. Again, these are life-sustaining, life-harmonious choices, separate from pulling the plug, which is not to say disconnecting from life support, but to say injecting a lethal substance or somehow otherwise saying definitively, we're done, this mortal body will be put to death. That's suicide. That's what's not in harmony with God's love. That's what's taking a life. That's what is denying the soul the opportunity to progress with the end-of-life blessings. And again, remember, we're interconnected here, so the choices that we make at end-of-life are also impacting our loved ones and our caregivers for love or the lack of love. And the witnessing of the end-of-life is an important opportunity for us to learn. Now I want to circle back and address the poor suffering souls in the first category, the most well understood category about suicide, and those are the souls who are despairing. I want you to ask yourself this question. If you are considering ending your life, what do you expect will happen as a result? I believe it's basically unanimous that the answer to that question is some form of, I will end my suffering. I won't suffer anymore. I believe that's the expectation. Certainly that's the need. That's the desire is to end the suffering. Now I want to be clear that if we cross over by suicide, any of the four kinds, there's not a definitive determination of precisely where you're going to land on the other side. 
But you're not going to go straight to heaven, I can promise you that, because that last choice was a disharmonious choice, and it's indicative of your soul condition. I can also promise you will regret that choice. and That's going to be your starting point. Now, whether you go into a little bit of darkness, or a lot of darkness, or the deepest depths of hell, that depends on many other factors. For example, there are very few people, but there are some people who take their lives not out of despair, but out of hatred and rage. They don't believe in an afterlife, so they think there's going to be no consequence for this choice, and they've hatred, they have hatred in their souls for someone they're going to be leaving behind, and they take their lives in a vindictive moment of rage because they know it will make the survivors suffer. Those people go to a very dark place. That is the worst and most hateful kind of murder, where you are intentionally taking a life with the sole purpose of causing grave harm to another soul. But that's not most people. But sadly, even those other four types of suicide really aren't going to end up precisely where they might like. And I'm going to do a separate video on the near-death experiencers who have survived suicide attempts. Some have seen heavenly places on the other side. Some have seen hellish places on the other side. I'm going to address that differently in a separate video. But let's just suffice it to say that just like any other crossing over, our place of habitation is going to be based on our soul condition. So there's no one place of hell, for example, for all suicides to go. And regardless of where you end up, you will eventually make it to the natural paradise in the sixth sphere or into the celestial realm. There is no unforgivable sin. There's just the actions that we take that we might regret later, and we want to try to avoid those if we possibly can, especially those actions that are going to harm not only ourselves, but others. And suicide always does that, because there's a huge ripple effect down the line of all the souls that God had hoped our love would touch here on earth before we crossed, that we have cut short we don't want to set ourselves up for that kind of regret. We want to grow and progress. So whatever our expectations may be, whatever we're suffering here on earth, whether it's financial or it's emotional or it's mental or it's physical, whatever, or it's all of those, you know, whatever situational circumstances we're experiencing that we feel we just can't tolerate anymore, if you think you're going to make it better by intentionally ending your life, even ending it early, as I said, with assisted suicide at the, near the end of life, you're not going to make it better. You're going to cross over with all those exact same conditions of soul 
plus the added kink in the works of you having intentionally taken your life. Remember, God said to that beautiful young woman, I gave you life. If you take it, you depart from me. Let's not do that. So this begs the question, how do we endure our challenges? If we've come to this place where we believe that taking life is never harmonious with God's love, but we're in a situation where we feel we cannot endure, what can we do? Well, as always, we come to God like a little child and pray, and you would be amazed at the wondrous miracles that God's love can produce to help us through, to help us endure what is ours to grow through. God can anesthetize you. God can take away your pain in various ways. And some other miracles can even happen, like when my father was at end of death, I think he was okay because he had uh, cancer and he was given morphine, but he actually declined the morphine because he didn't like the way it made him feel. And if he was in pain, there were no signs of him being in pain. And I believe that's because he genuinely was in harmony and God took the pain away. But as he was going through his death throes, forgive me for this is going to be a little graphic, but I think it's important and it's going to a good place. But there was some bubbling up of what was probably dried blood, but it was basically brown and bubbling coming out of his mouth. And my sister who was caring for him was wiping it away, but she got to a place where she couldn't tolerate it. It was making her feel nauseous and she was afraid she couldn't tend to my father. And so she cried out to God in her soul for help. And suddenly the scent of root beer came into her nostrils. And she could see that it looked like root beer bubbling up and it smelled like root beer. And suddenly she was able to care for my father as needed at that very crucial moment. So you just can't know what beautiful blessings God has in store for the faithful who ask. And again, two things are required, asking and having faith that your prayers will be answered. And in that doing, we will reap the blessings of whatever our growth situation is, and God will help us endure. And God will also show us how to live. If we're not at end of life, but we're just in a cluster muck of our own circumstances and situations, which may be of our making or others' makings, and we don't know how to extricate ourselves, God will show us the way through. And I promise there is always, always, always a way through. Because life is of God. And when we choose life, God shows us the way to live it if we surrender and ask in faith. It's a promise. It is given. God is bound by that law, and it will be. Now, I'd like to end with one more testimony. Again, it's not mine. It's another testimony of another young woman that I saw on YouTube, but it was tremendously powerful. 
This young woman had grown up in a Christian faith, and when she was young, she was on fire with a desire for God's love. So I trust that she had some of God's divine love in her soul. But as she came into her early 20s, she fell away from that and she began to experience a longing for an earthly, materialistic life. And her value system shifted away from God and toward things of the material. And she became very deep into that, even to the point of dabbling in mind-altering substances some light drug use that she didn't think too much of that from her mind was recreational. Well, she was married by this point and she had some young children, but she was grossly dissatisfied with her life as a wife and a mother home with her children. She wanted more, but she was seeking it from a material perspective. One evening, she went out with her husband to a bar And in addition to their alcoholic beverages, they were partaking in some mind-altering substances. And she had an incredible experience. Now, this is an experience I've not heard anyone else share before. And it just demonstrates how unlimited are God's resources for reaching out to his children. He can give every individual soul a unique experience expressly designed to reach out to their soul and call it home. She had a near-death-like experience in her psyche without actually having a physiological near-death experience. And what happened to her was God actually took her into hell. And he showed her that this was where she was headed. This was where she was bound to end up if she continued on the path she was on. And of course, it was very, um, I want to say catastrophic in a way for her because it was so such an upheaval in her soul. But God came to her and he said, I don't show you this to frighten you. I love you. I'm calling you home. I'm showing you that you have departed from me. And this is what life is like without me. So he was framing for her, you are making a choice. And he realized she wasn't fully consciously aware of the consequences of the choice she was making because she was lost in the madness of this world, especially here in the United States and the Western culture. She didn't realize she was choosing hell, and God wanted to help her understand, you've departed from me, come home. And so what happened after that night was a radical transformation for her at the soul level. And this is really important. Nothing shifted in her life circumstances. Nothing. She was still married to the same man, living in the same house, being a wife and a mother to the same children. But whereas before she was unhappy, restless, and dissatisfied with her life, 
She came back into a prayerful experience of God's love on a day-to-day basis, and she learned to love her life and be grateful for it just as it was and just as she had, but without the worldly consciousness that had previously been attached. And so she did let go of the mind-altering substances, and she took up prayer instead. But otherwise, she had become more than content, but appreciative of the abundant blessings that were already hers in her life that was beautifully in harmony with God's laws and God's love. And for those out there who are making different choices in terms of marriage and working and children, please do not hear a message that I am not giving right now. I am not saying that life as a wife and a mother and staying home with your children and all of that is the only way that's harmonious with God's love. Absolutely not. Each soul is unique. Each of us have different gifts. Each of us have different paths. And as we can all see, there are many ways to live a loving, harmonious life. The difference was in that young woman's life, She had been restless and dissatisfied with her own choices, and by coming back to God, she became happy and contented with her own choices. Same thing can occur for someone who is working and parenting. Okay, so I'm not trying to send an unintended message here. Anyway, let us remember that God has given us life and be appreciative. I love you. God loves you. Take good care. So with that, I'll see you next time. And remember, you are deeply, truly loved. God bless.